Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your Hello life and better. Welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the emotional impact of life with spondyloarthritis. You know, I saw this article on the Spondylitis Association of America's website, and I thought it was really good, and I wanted to kind of go through it and share it, and you'll find the link in the show notes. It's called Battling Our Demons, The Emotional Impact of Life with Spondyloarthritis by Elizabeth Maines. So this article I thought was really interesting because she starts off by talking about it's normal to feel depressed and discouraged after being diagnosed with a chronic illness. We've all dealt with this. We've all been there as that diagnosis has come in and says, what does this mean? How am I going to change? Am I going to change? Is this going to change my life? What is it going to do? So ultimately, she starts off talking about this book from a Swiss-American psychiatrist named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She developed a theory called The Five Stages of Grief back in 1969. The theories came out in a book called On Death and Dying. And she goes on to talk about, I found that Dr. Kubler-Ross's stages have worthy applications towards the losses that we all face as individuals um, who have spondyloarthritis. The five stages are not linear. That means that you're not going to go from one to the next. You, you can bounce back and forth with an individual moving back and forth through these processing, revisiting a certain stage multiple times throughout the process. So she goes on to say, I can vividly remember and recall my emotional process after getting diagnosed and experiencing these five stages. And they are denial and shock, anger, bargaining, depression, grief, anxiety, and acceptance. So let's talk a little bit more about each one. The first one is denial or shock. It might be something like this in your mind. It goes, this can't be happening to me. It's got to go away. Nobody in my family has anything like this. What's going on? Why? It's a normal self-protective mechanism that occurs when you feel overwhelmed by receiving difficult news, such as a medical diagnosis, a death, or an accident, she writes. The next one is anger. You know, this isn't fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why me? This is one of the most common emotions that occur after the denial and shock have subsided. Beneath the anger is a deep emotional pain, which can lead to questions like, you know, why me? For some individuals, that anger can result in emotional outbursts towards family, friends, physicians, coworkers, you know, just about anybody they come in contact with. And I can remember my stages were a little bit different because I was diagnosed in 1984 and there wasn't really a lot of news about AS. So there wasn't a denial shock or anything like that for me. It was just like, okay, I was a kid, on you go and you deal with it. But there was that anger. There was a lot of times it was, why me? Why me? I can't do this. I want to do this. So the anger was one that I've revisited basically my whole life until I hit acceptance, you know, maybe a decade ago. And that's really the one where I just kind of said, okay, I have this. How do I overcome and deal with it on a daily basis? But the anger is one that I think you'll revisit many, many times as you go through the process of uh, dealing with the emotions of a diagnosis. Next is bargaining. You know, something like, please just don't let this ruin my life. Or if you make the pain go away, I promise I'll be a better person. And during this stage, she says, we begin to make promises or bargain with ourselves, others, God, whoever, vowing to do anything to not allow ourselves to feel pain. Some people find themselves negotiating their way out of the hurt and pain by reflecting on their past. 
this is probably one of those stages where I don't think that I spent much time in this. Again, I, because of my age and being young, there really wasn't the bargaining stage. It was more like the anger and then right into the next stage, which was depression, grief, and anxiety. Well, I might have skipped over the bargaining. You might not. And so it's very important as you move through to understand and recognize each of these stages. Depression, grief, and anxiety. They might be go something like this. People our age shouldn't have to deal with things like this. I'm not prepared to be disabled. I have things I want to do. How will I support my family? Am I going to be in pain forever? So why even bother? Once we begin accepting the reality of the situation, she goes on to say, and we become more emotionally aware, we start to feel the depression take over. Spinal arthritis, as we all know, is a lifelong chronic illness. It's often diagnosed during the prime of our life. It can have a substantial impact on our lives and, and result in considerable changes to our lifestyle. You know, I, I can certainly understand through my 20s, I had already had hip replacements and I knew exactly where I was going. I just didn't know that by my 50s, I would be in the position I am now. So it goes on, to, she goes on to write, and we feel the loss. These changes can convey feelings of loss, grief, anxiety over career loss, loss of a physical ability, lowered energy levels, inability to parent or connect with your spouse due to the illness. Pick one of those, and I'm sure you've dealt with it. The loss of a spouse, the inability to communicate with a spouse, the lack of being able to do certain physical things that you maybe at one time did without any problems. All of that can come back and lead to the grief and anxiety. And this is where if you're having a difficult time, please get help. Talk to somebody. Don't care if it's a minister, priest, therapist, psychiatrist, friend. Get somebody you can talk to and trust. And then finally, it comes down to acceptance. The acceptance part was where I hit maybe 10 years ago. It says, I'm not going to let this disease define me. I will learn to deal with this the best I can. And that's where I was at. I said, you know, I've been fighting this thing my whole life. As I get worse, I become crankier and, and just more miserable to be around. And that's not fair to anybody that's tried to get close to me or um, anybody that I've tried to get close to. So I finally hit that acceptance stage. And I was able to evaluate my expectations and look at what the future held for me. And I knew I wasn't going to have a normal life as far as being able to do quote unquote normal things, but I could do what I needed to do to survive, to continue to work, to provide for my family and whatever needed to be done. We recognized that, you know, we cannot live the way we used to live, be whom we used to be or become whom we thought we would become. So again, that's where that acceptance comes in and says, okay, if I can't do this, what else can I do? Research shows that stress and negativity can worsen the illness and impact the emotional well-being of the person. For example, an increase of stress hormones can lead to inflammation in the body, causing symptoms of spondyloarthritis to worsen. Shifting your attitude and perceptions towards life by focusing on the positive aspects of the day rather than the negative will help emotionally and physiologically. That's all great, easy to say, you know, go out in the sky, look for the rainbows, blah, 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 blah. We're going to have bad days. That's just part of being a person. That's just part of being human. But if you can control those bad days, if you can control and not let it bleed into the next day and the next day and the next day, you can hopefully push yourself past that grief stage, that anxiety stage to where your acceptance of it, you know, just continues to broaden and you look at what you can do, not what you can't do. Our author then goes on to state, there are ways to help reduce the emotional stress and instability. Initially, it's important to spend some time processing emotions and evaluating the feelings brought on by diagnosis. It is okay to take additional time if needed to heal. Some concrete tools to help and reduce 
reducing emotional stress? Again, like I mentioned before, talking with someone such as a spouse, friend, therapist, spiritual advisor who is emotionally supportive and can help relieve stress and anxiety. Another thing, and I've started doing this, is journaling about your experiences. Journaling can also help be a great tool to get you know your thoughts out and on the paper so that somebody can read what they're dealing with. You know, another item is joining support groups, either in person or online. You can connect with others. You know, there's lots of them on Facebook where you can relate, ask questions, and just be with other people that are understanding the same experience you're going to. Keep in mind, though, that sometimes you can come across unhappy and negative people online. So you just got to kind of watch as you post stuff and what you talk about. You also want to look at maybe gratitude. Think about the things that you can do. Think about being grateful every morning you get up. You know, if you have a good night's sleep, be grateful. And this is all good things to journal in. Find new passions if you can. I started podcasting. Never probably would have done this, but I've started this. And this has become a kind of a passion of mine to make sure I can reach out to everybody that listens to this show. Uh, find another meaning and purpose in life. Start your own support group if you have enough people in an area or live in a large enough area, start an in-person support group. Talk with your family and friends. See if you can help them better understand what you're going through. Sometimes when they hear it over and over from us, they get to a point where it's like, uh, it kind of goes in one ear out the other. And that's why I started this show. A main reason was for you to take these episodes, give them to family and friends, say, listen to this. This is what I'm dealing with. And they can hear it come from somebody else and know that, wow, there are other people out there that are dealing with this. Also, try establishing a new routine that better fits your new lifestyle. You know, make changes when you can. Exercise how you best you can. If you have lost some independence, try empowering yourself by incorporating tasks to complete independently that are within your means and ability. And then finally, be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. This is where I really lacked and, and need work is I am not kind to myself. This is a new normal. And just because we are living with a chronic illness doesn't mean that we can't find joy make new friendships, have good days, weeks, months, even years. Again, make sure that if you're dealing with depression, you know, you get help, get professional help. There are some symptoms of clinical depression and they include feeling sad, irritable, or anxious, you know, feeling empty, hopeless, guilty, or worthless, a loss of pleasure and usually enjoyed hobbies, activities, or even sex, poor self-care such as not bathing, not taking your medications, not getting medical care, fatigue, decreased energy, feeling listless, trouble concentrating, remembering details or making decisions, not being able to sleep well or sleeping too much or waking up early, eating too much or the flip side of that, which is what I'm dealing with, not wanting to eat at all, possibly with unplanned weight gain or loss. Then if you have thoughts of death, suicide or suicide attempts, please, please reach out. There's so many of us online that would be happy to talk with you. Don't go there. Just please reach out to us. And I'll have an 800 number in the show notes for the for those people in the United States for the suicide prevention line. Then you can have extra aches and pains from the stress. So be aware that your body's trying to tell you that something's wrong, that you're not feeling well, and to kind of try to look at ways to rectify that. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you listening. This has been a blessing for everybody that reached out for the bonus episodes that I played. I really appreciate it. You know, it's been a challenging time for myself and my personal life, but you know, like everything else, adapt and overcome. So again, thank you for listening and I hope you all have a wonderful day.